What's up, everybody? We're back again with another installment episode show, The Pals Podcast. Uh, for everybody that's returning, once again, we thank you for all our new listeners. Welcome. My name is George Boutsalis. And I'm Ricky Liordi. And this week, The Pals had a good chat about social media. Uh, it's obviously a big topic, especially with everything happening in the world right now. So we sat down, we chatted about privacy policies and the adjustments and the changes, cancel culture online and how that's affecting the way we use the app, the political grounds on social media, as well as some of the social dilemma that we talked about, the, the documentary that came out, and also pushing confirmation bias. Overall, we wanted to share our opinions and just bring a different perspective uh, to social media and just share really what's happening, not in terms of we want you to stop using it, but just how we feel about it and some of our thoughts and why we're doing what we're doing in the tech space now. Nailed it, buddy. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, our presenting sponsors, Cottage Springs. Uh, guys, I can't stress this enough. It's got to be our favorite, favorite go-to, go-to beverage. Uh, like I said before, the vodka sodas are my favorite. Uh, I'm a vodka Vodka water. Vodka water. You're not a big vodka soda guy, but I mean, Hottest Springs, we can't go wrong. Uh, it tastes great. Uh, I mean, I said this before, Wild Cherry's got to be got to be the best one out there. Peach is also great. Uh, they're amazing guys. They come, like I said, vodka water, vodka soda. You can get them at your LCBO. 100 calories, no sugar. Can't go wrong. Beach season's going to be creeping up, so stay off the sugar. Grab some of these. Grab an eight-pack and uh, enjoy them. also want to give a shout-out to Cast. You'll find out more about a little more about it near the end of this episode and on an ensuing episode. But Cast is the objective assembly of public opinion, uh, and in, and what Cast intends to do is bring some discourse, diversity, objectivity, um, and just healthy dialogue back to social media. The beta is out now, and if you want access, it's uh, www.createyourcast.com. You can DM Cast at createyourcast at createyourcast. You can DM. Ricky, you can DM George, uh, you can DM our other co-founder, Dave, and let us know. We want to get as many users on as possible and start to get feedback. So go to www.createyourcast.com. And uh, yeah, I think that's it, my pal. LFG. Let's freaking go. Live, we're back. Let's get this notepad here. Oh, this is nice actually having this notepad here. You've never had a notepad during an episode. No, like I just. I've had a couple rest. episodes. It's a good armrest. It is. Well, we've got a new couch coming in soon, which will be dope. Shout out Andrew Moretti. Shout out to Andrew Moretti, RFP Design. Guys, actually, you know what? If you guys need any furniture, any couches, any custom furniture, give Andrew a shout. Yeah. Great guy, great company. They're doing it all now. They started with couches. It's an early shout out. I yeah, like why it. not? Give him a give him a little plug. I mean, Andrew's uh, doing us a doing us a big solid and giving us a new studio couch. It should be coming in probably next couple of weeks or so. Yep. Uh, yeah. Let's so jump into it. We we've got a good topic that we want to discuss because we found, especially as of late, that a lot of social media companies are in the the spotlight and in the news for a lot of the wrong reasons. And, you know, the, the big one now with WhatsApp, and I know it's not a social media company, but WhatsApp is owned by Facebook, so it technically is a social media company. And all the privacy, 
policy adjustments, I guess you can call it. Yeah, is that yeah. a good way to put it? Yeah, yeah, all the changes. The changes, yeah. Yeah, so they're they're in the, the spotlight now because they're just trying to grab as much personal information from you as possible. Yeah. And although I think, you know, there's a lot of, so many benefits to a company like Facebook and sometimes it's nice that they have our information. It's not nice when they have the information that we don't want to give them. Yeah. And I, and I think that's one of the big, the big, the big ticket items with this whole, I guess, privacy policy adjustment. There's a few things. I think that's one of the big ones. Uh, but I just think, yeah, I, that's definitely a big one for sure. Like I just, I think it's coming to light more. So I also just want to preface this stuff too by saying, um, unfortunately, Jordan's not here today, so we're going to do our absolute best to make sure we don't misrepresent anything, but we'll, we'll obviously correct ourselves if we do. Um, I think we have a good idea of where we're going with this conversation, but we may say something. Um, so, the, And I'm saying that because of my next point is that the privacy policy thing also stems from the fact, I believe, that uh, to Apple's new iOS 14 changes. And for those not aware, um, on your phone now, like anytime you download an app, and you you wanted the you add that to your phone. It always prompts you and asks you, "Do you want to have location services always on when using app or never?" So you have to have, you have to give permission of the app to select one of those to track you essentially. Um, Apple on the new uh, update coming, I guess early February is now making it mandatory for mandatory for all apps on the App Store to ask you if you want to be tracked, if your usage patterns wants to be tracked. I don't know exactly how it's phrased or why, and I, and I probably should know it a little bit better, but essentially now, you're essentially before, they just let it happen, and you could go to the app um, on your phone and turn that feature off. Now they're making it, you have to, uh, they have to ask you if you want it on from the start. Why this is a big deal is because before, it's that old, um, there was a study done. It's like when you have to, when you have to do something, you're not going to do it. So like, you know, just by having it on, the odds are you're not going to go and turn it off unless you're very aware and the majority of the public are not. By now having you have the option of turning it on or off, more than likely a lot more people will turn it off. That is now going to hurt a lot of social media apps like, like Facebook who tracks, as you were getting to now, tracks a lot of your information across their platforms from, from WhatsApp, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, so by doing so, they're saying that Apple is inf is hurting their business and making a case that it's like, you know, they're, yeah, hurting their business essentially. And uh, and then it's come to light now. Because of this, I guess, it's now come to light more of how much is being tracked. So that kind of goes hand in yep. hand with your privacy. And I just wanted to kind of preface that so they know. And uh, yeah, I just to echo, like to build on Ricky's point, it seems like, it doesn't seem like, I think it actually is very apparent that just social media is so much more in the spotlight because of, privacy issues because of big tech being just uh just big tech in the spotlight as a whole obviously the former president or i guess i don't know former president i don't even know how to explain that being on twitter and being banned from twitter banned from facebook banned from youtube um and we don't want to make this talk a political rant by any means it's not our agenda here but just that that compounding it i mean obviously the rise of cancel culture uh there's a lot going on. Yeah, let, let's jump into, let's start with privacy policies and privacy, and then we'll jump into cancel culture. Sure. And then we can even go into how the political game is kind of portrayed in social media. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Let, let's start with that. Cool. You good with that? 100%. I like that. We're, having a good, um, we're just having a conversation here too. Yeah, well, do you know what? It's something important because a lot of our target demographic is 18 to 35. Uh, let's call it 24 to 35. 
most most of our listeners use social media on a pretty regular basis. Probably I'd say Instagram is one of the biggest ones that's used by our, our listeners. If I had to guess, I don't want to make an assumption, but that's a pretty fair assumption to make, I, w- I would say. Um, so in terms of privacy, George, what do you feel? Do, are you that you don't want anybody to have any of your information? Or are you the type that doesn't care if they take your information? Do you want them to have some and act, not access to all? What's your thoughts on that? I'm not like a super, I don't think I'm super private. Um, I have, so okay, from one side of it, like I'm, I, I don't trust a lot of the big tech companies and I don't want them to have information they don't need to have. So as an example, like I went through my Facebook and shout out to my brother Yanni. Um, I, my Yanni, old fa- big privacy guy, big yeah, huge, privacy huge. guy. But he I went through out. it all. I went through my old Facebook from like the day I, cause I got Facebook, we had Facebook in like what, high school. I don't have my. It came out in grade eleven. Yeah. So my, I don't have my original Facebook. I I had it until about two, three years ago, maybe three years ago, and then I went and deleted everything. Not just deleted everything, like post by post, picture by picture, tag by tag, everything in history. It was like eleven thousand or twelve thousand, each single one individually. So you paid Yanni to do it. Well, I told him. Yeah, he did a lot. (laughs) I did a lot, but I removed everything. Now, from that regard, I wanted to remove it. Which kind of ties to another point. I won't get into this yet, but see, I wanted to remove it because I might have said, I didn't say anything bad. There's nothing that I'm embarrassed of in my past, um, but I know how the world is today and that so much of your past can come back to bite you in the ass, can be misconstrued. And I just like, you know what? I don't believe the same things. I don't do the same things. I don't do all this that I did in the past. So let me just get rid of it because no one should be held to an opinion they once previously held if they don't still believe it. But people don't look at that. They're not going to ask you. So that's one thing. It's funny because this would have been the perfect segue into cancel culture. Yeah. But we're not there. Yet. No, no. So to answer your yeah, question, I'll, so I'll, I'll cut that back because I'm going to go off on a, on a tangent here. But I'm not crazy about privacy, but I'm starting to w- just be more aware of what I post online, what is still available online and like all that stuff. So I'm trying to bring it down. But on the other hand, I do really like when apps have a good algorithm and can figure out what I like. So like, I mean, I don't have TikTok, but I, when I was on it for a short time, it did, it was very intuitive. TikTok's known to have one of the best algorithms. Um, so that I like. I don't mind them showing me ads I want to know, which I know that, again, I'll, I'll pass it off to you and you can, I'll kind of ask you the same thing. How do you feel about it? Yeah, uh, for me, I'm on the sense that I don't mind them having my information. I think the biggest thing that bothers me with sharing privacy is that they can get access to people in my network's information who might be opposed to it. And Yanni said this great the other day in, in one of our group texts where he's like, just because I have Yanni as a friend on Facebook that, and I have a picture of Yanni, people, other people can find out who Yanni is because they have access to my information, which I don't think is, is technically fair. I, I think that if you don't have access to a person directly, you shouldn't be able to get it through somebody else. Mm-hmm. But to the point of you know privacy in the sense of, of ads, I love that. I, I don't care to see ads for diapers. I don't care to see ads for wheelchairs, <laughs> whereas some 30-year-old men might love that because they're looking for a deal on diapers and, and wheelchairs and, and whatever. Yep. Where me, I want to see ads for sports jerseys, for cheap tickets to the Leaf game or the Raptor games or you know a sick hat or you know, a pair of Nikes, like stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Those, those, or now anything ski snowboard related, is all the ads I want to see. And it's all the ads I get. And, you know, Instagram's algorithm is kicking in nice because I'm just <laughs> dying to go skiing and snowboarding or skiing right now. But to that sense, yeah, I, I don't mind them having access to my information and what I do on the app. You know, if, if I'm searching for ski trips, okay, show me ski pictures. Show me ads for skis. Love it. Mm-hmm. But I don't want them to be able to find out what my friends are doing because of me, especially if my friends are against it. Mm-hmm. 
I agree with that. And uh, it, that's interesting too, right? Because a lot of people talk about how, you know, pushing people ads based on the algorithm is, is, not, is not right, not ethical, especially like younger people. And that, sure. Um, I do think it's a double-edged double, double edged sword. Uh, personally, I do like that. I agree. Like, why would I... I so okay. I gotta phrase this properly. I like it because if I want to, I want to see what I like. Like an, an ad again, like an ad about, I don't know, like umbrella is not gonna serve me much good if I live in London, England, and I'm it's like umbrellas. Okay, that's relevant, cool. But like, I want things that I care about, I'm passionate about. So I see, you know, that I don't mind when they push me that stuff. That I don't find that invasive. I actually like that. I find it odd when I say something and I'm talking about something not on my phone, and I open my phone and the app shows me something I was talking about. That to me is a bit weird. But okay, what's what the weirdest is. one that's ever happened to you? I can't remember, but one happened a few, maybe a few months or like a year or something ago. And I think I was talking about, I don't know, b- boxing gloves or it was something very specific. And I opened Instagram and like the third ad, like the third post was an ad. And it was that, not even just a thing, not, not the overarching thing, the brand that I mentioned or something. And I was like, this is weird. I had a crazy one the other day. Remember how me and you have mentioned ab wheels? Yeah. I don't search ab wheels because I got to. I don't need one. Shut up. But like I search fitness related gear all the time. You know, I'm searching Peloton yeah. a lot and, and bikes. So it could be a weird freaking coincidence, but I've, me and you have mentioned it numerous times. Like a, a couple at, days ago, it worked out. Yeah, this was the first time. You said, remember you, you're like, I did 50 or something. Yeah. Is this last time or the first time? Whatever. This time I said 50. The other time, yeah. We were talking about how you could do like 100 or doing 101. Yeah, I was lying for sick. sure, but whatever. You know, I mean, we mentioned ab wheel numerous times yeah, yeah. in that conversation. Couple days later, I see Ab Wheel ad on Google, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna let this go as a coincidence." But I don't know too much about that. <laughs> one. It's a little, little too coincidental. But that's well, the one thing. Just on that point, is like to me, I don't mind. I do find it being it's kind of risky with kids because like you can really be. My problem is I I can tell that's an ad, and I'm also getting a lot better with like my self control of like if I saw something, I'm like, "Oh, boxing gloves, sick! They're on sale. I love boxing. I'll buy them." But I'm really good now. Like, you know, I don't need it. I'm not going to buy it. But when you're young, like, you know, anywhere between like teens and early 20s, or if you just in general, if you like to, like, you like buying clothes, buying stuff, you can be easily influenced to buy something, which that I don't necessarily love because you can sway behavior. So while I do like personal ads, it also could have a negative impact to people without even knowing they're having the negative yeah, impact. Yeah, well, on this them. brings us to the topic of the movie, the, uh, the documentary Social Dilemma. Yeah. That's kind of what the whole premise is, is that these social media apps can almost change your behavior completely. And they show the, the video of the kid and whoever hasn't seen it, it's on Netflix. It's a, it's a very eye-opening or interesting, um, I guess, documentary. depends on how you, you see it. And there's I a lot to of talk about that. I have a different... Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So I think it's, it's interesting to see that. I don't personally agree with everything because maybe as a kid, it's different. You, you don't have the, the mental capacity or the knowledge to say, okay, you know what? This is not what I believe in. It's just a good ad. But in, in the documentary, they were showing this kid who's, you know, be, became a, an extremist because he was searching a couple of things and he got addicted to searching. And then the algorithm was pushing him more of this extremist stuff. Then they posted, sent him to events and yada, yada, yada. He ended up getting arrested at an extremist movement event, blah, blah, blah. So I don't, I think it's a bit of a stretch, but I can see how it might be able to happen in, in younger people. So I, I see both yeah. sides of it. The one thing with social dilemma, which is interesting, like I, I that one, I don't know how I feel about the documentary in general. I have a, a belief. I'd be a good person to get on the pod, Who? the director of that documentary. Yeah, just to hear his takes on it. So this yeah. is the thing, and I would ask him this, like, or not asking this, but one thing that I think. So I heard something recently. I don't know if it was by, 
Nassim Nicholas Taleb or like, it was an author that said it on Twitter or something or maybe on a podcast and they're like someone asked you watch documentaries and he goes no he's like why not he's like, he's like have you ever seen a documentary that that properly portrays both sides of the argument and I was like that's interesting like think about like think about um, game changers I was just gonna use that like one. do they talk about why why eating meat is good for you like no I'm not saying necessarily that's bad but I've never really seen many documentaries unless it's something that's like a true event I'll watch it like I just watched the recent one The Dissident about Jamal Khashoggi's murder crazy if you haven't seen it go watch it um do you know that story? Jamal Khashoggi was the Saudi Arabian journalist who was like dismembered in the in the Turkish consulate. You know the story? I'll give what's you the, the What's notes. the documentary called? The Dissident. The a dissident. dissident is somebody almost like a political, uh, like a like a. Never even heard of it. Is it on Netflix? No, it's on uh, Apple TV right now. But the, a dissident's like yeah, like I got a political. Your log and don't worry, it's on the house. Is <laughs> a, a political like a. Somebody who flees their country for political reasons, I think, because they're like an enemy to the state almost. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Jamal Khashoggi was a journalist who started speaking up against the crown prince, MBS, Mohammed bin Salam, Mohammed bin Salam, I think. Started speaking out against him. And in Saudi Arabia, what's interesting, actually speaking of social media, Saudi Arabia has per capita the most Twitter users in the world. Like 90% of the population is on Twitter. Um, something like that. They're also... MBS is a big investor in tech. But that's not the point. The story of Jamal Khashoggi was... MBS? Sorry. His nick, they, Mohammed bin Salam or something, but they call him MBS. Okay. Um, he, uh, he... Sorry, so Jamal Khashoggi uh, was, a, was a journalist. Used to be close to, to the royal family, like MBS and his father and like all the kings in, in the kingdom. And uh, he basically started seeing what was wrong behind the curtain, all this stuff. And then he started speaking out against them. And he started living in the States and became a, uh, a reporter for the Washington Post and was like basically ripping apart what, how, why it's bad and everything that's wrong with, with Saudi Arabia. Anyways, I don't want to give a, well, I guess I can tell you what happened because it's, it's a true story. I won't tell you the whole documentary behind the scenes. Essentially, what happens is Jamal Khashoggi goes to the, he's in Turkey. Because his wife is like his second wife, he's about to remarry, is in Turkey, and then he's going to the consulate to get uh, like marriage certificate. He goes in one day, comes back, uh, goes in one day to make the appointment, and then he's going back in to get them. And a consulate is is like sovereign land, so like Saudi Arabia technically owns land there's their things on, so like uh, Turkish police can't go in yeah. unless they have their permission. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Essentially, Jamal Khashoggi, the story was he went in. And never came out. And his wife was waiting outside. And then news reporters came. News reporters came. Then Saudi Arabia tried to fake that he left by putting a body double to leave. They killed this guy. They like they cut him up in pieces. Took him out. Took him away. Like, it's this whole thing. It was in the news. They did a documentary on it. You know what? I know exactly what you're talking. Because you see the footage from like the the back camera. Yeah, yeah. A guy with a fake beard. So, anyways, that's what the dissident is about. It shows the whole story, and it's crazy. I'm it's crazy. That, the dissident. It's really good. Really well done. So the point is, we got on I this because D I S S E D E N T. Um, the how we got on this was talking about documentaries and um, we talked about the social dilemma. But the point was like you never really see a documentary that tells both sides of the story. Dissident is about one one specific story, so that's one thing. But the social dilemma, one thing I have a hard time buying into. I get it. What they're saying is probably true. But it's so interesting, right? Because you know you have these people who are uber successful and help build these things, and they say how bad it is for the world. But it's like, you know, of the millions of people that probably work in Silicon Valley and in tech in the world, like five people to come speak out saying it's it's, it's going to kill our side, it's going to ruin us. Like, is it really that bad? I wonder, right? Well, and, and you think about it, it's not like these people left because of it. It's not like these people are like, you know, martyrs where they, they left because what they were doing That's was That's a good wrong. way to put no, a good word. A lot of them got canned. That's what I wonder, right? A lot of them got canned 
And now they're speaking out. Well, yeah, when you get canned, obviously you got you got some you're the spiteful. Some neg- yeah, you got some negative attitude towards the company. Okay, for sure. So things that that's you a good way to put it. Sorry, great, I'm gonna go back. Great- Say, like that's the right. Sorry, let's cut you off. Saying like, yeah, they're not martyrs. They're not like they were the CEO and they said, oh, okay, I'm, I'm done. done. I'm done. Can't do this. Like, why did they do it then? Right? Yeah, that's what. Sorry, continue you your point. I mean? like, that's a good point. The, that's why I look at it. and I'm kind of like, okay, these people. Yeah, maybe they're super smart, super successful. And if this ever gets in front of them, guys, like, yo, give me a call. I'd love to debate this on you or just chat about it, not even debate, just have an honest, open conversation. But yeah, sometimes it's, yeah, it's, if it's a gray area, okay, well, if you're working there, then stand up for it. If you really believe in it enough to do a documentary about it, then stand up for it in the moment. Don't let it slide and then <laughs> a couple months later say, oh, you know what? That was really bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speak up about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because it's almost it's like you're trying to you profit. To lose, you're yeah. trying to profit and get fame after the fact. Yeah. If you have nothing to lose, yeah, it's easy to say things are bad for sure. And to think about that, this if this has been an issue, it's been an issue since probably early days of Facebook. Yeah. And you know so what? Where, how long ago did Facebook come out? Oh, four? Uh, yeah, give or, let's call it 05, give or take. Okay, so that's 15 years 15 ago. Years. So you're telling me that now it's a problem? Yeah, yeah of course it's a problem, but like... I, tech, and you, you know, know I mean? a good example of this is like, let's use Colin Kaepernick. That's someone who had everything to lose and he put it on the line. That's a good and, example. And he lost. Okay, if these people were working at Facebook, working at Instagram, Twitter, whatever social medias that they were at, okay, you know what, quit your freaking job. And, and make a stand for it. Yeah. Don't wait till there's a handful of you because look look what Kaepernick did and it's literally taken everything from him. He took a stand for what he believes in for what is right. It's a and good you example. Know what? He, he lost everything but he did what was right. And you know, in 10, 20 years, there's going to be thousands of books, articles, documentaries. He's, but in the heat of the moment, he lost everything. That's a good example. And then, I, I'm just on fire today. What can no, I say? No, I, I really, like, honestly, the Kaepernick thing, I, like, just to touch on it a little bit, whether you agree, like, you know, if to our, you know, the American people obviously have a big opinion on this and it was a big polarizing topic, but whether you agree or not, to, to like, you really got to stop for a second and take away the, like, regardless of the message he was trying to send, regardless if you believe in the, his movement, all these things. For one second, stop to think about what he did as a human being and how 99.999% of people in the world probably can't do that. He gave... 99.999999999. There's a very select few that are willing to sacrifice sacrifice everything, starve and and give up the fame, fortune and spotlight. life. Give up your entire life. For a social cause. You know who else did this? I'd actually like another one, maybe a little different, but the guy who gave up on Kansas City who didn't play football to go fight COVID, a doctor. Yeah, the Canadian. Yeah. He's in Montreal right now. Like that to me is commendable. Yeah, okay. He's probably, he's a doctor. He's doing whatever. Like, he's, you know, for good cause. So for Kaepernick, whether you agree with him or not, put yourself in his shoes and say, if you're making tens of millions as the starting quarterback of an NFL team, and this goes to a lot of Americans because I'm, a lot of Americans watch football, big, fo- big cultural thing there. Like, think about that. Just really stop for a second and think about that. That guy gave up his, his gave up everything to, to fight for social justice, something that he believes in. Whether you agree with that perspective or not, that's your prerogative. But think about how few people in the world would ever consider, even think about giving up fame and fortune to do what he did. Um, I forget how we got on this point. Well, no, we were just using about that, people that as yes, yes, people from the movie, uh, from the documentary. There, and maybe maybe some of them did quit and make a big stand. That's not how I took it. I yeah. took it as these were bitter former employees. Yeah. That's that's maybe that's how the the documentary was filmed and I, I had a couple pops before I watched it too <laughs> just being honest couple uh, cottage springs shout out cottage springs shout out cottage springs sponsor great pops go when pick I'm, up some go pick up some cans of the LCBO when I'm done my sober I don't know how long my couple January yeah well not January cuz I'm going to have a couple pops in January for sure but 
I know I'm gonna have some. I will that, be that's honest. why. You there's know a what? Case. I mean, I might as well be honest. My my dry January ended yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, not no regrets. Yeah. I, I made it longer than I did for sober October. Yeah, I made it four days longer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so going yeah, back, perfect. Just to the point, yeah, to, to dial it back because we're jumping, but this is a good conversation. Um, it's interesting, right? Because again, I do agree. There is obviously a problem with social media. That's why we're talking about it now, and. Our intention is not to sit here and rant about social media and why it's bad because it and is to, it is great. Sorry, like, yeah, there's a lot of amazing, amazing things about social media too, which everybody also knows, right? You know, yeah. being able to stay connected with loved ones across the world to find new people, entertaining videos, entertaining videos to learn. There's so many ways you can learn online. So many good forums and group discussions and, and so many things. So we're not ranting about social media, but just lately there's been a lot of changes, and that's what we want to address because now we're in this space and yeah. a lot of our listeners and a lot of our friends. It's a common topic and theme that comes up a lot now. So, sorry. George. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, like, we're not here to rant and, and like what Rick said, um, just be negative about it. But it, the problem is, is that it's it's become, it starts with social media and then things get exacerbated and blown out of proportion in the larger media than the population. And I think that that's um, one of the big problems. We talked about privacy a lot, but just to kind of dab on a few things. So the social, um, you know, what the social dilemma talks about, the social dilemma talks about, yes, there's probably problems with it and all that stuff, but... I think that the biggest thing it becomes is like social media can get become toxic. It does bring a lot of positive things. Like I, I mean, personally, I love Instagram. It's probably my favorite app to use. I don't have Snapchat anymore. I don't have Facebook. I don't have uh, TikTok because I feel like if I get that, I'll waste a lot of time. Don't really use my Twitter. I really use Instagram to kind of keep in touch, see what people are doing. I like. I'm a. I'm a. I consider myself a bit of a creative, so I like sharing photo and video. Um, but it can really be a negative spiral, and I think that there's uh, it can get. If, if you get consumed with it, it can put you in a negative headspace. Being in a negative headspace makes you want to tear down other people. Tearing down other people means just causes unhealthy discourse online. Um, you know, people, number one, when I say unhealthy discourse, it's people comparing themselves to other people. It's people, um, you know, hiding behind profiles and bad-mouthing people. It's, you know, just people going shit-talking others because they don't, you know, it's maybe it's a form of insecurity or jealousy or projecting, whatever it is. And it, there's a lot of toxicity on it. And, it. and it seems now, to tie into the political aspect, it seems like the world is, get, like not just US, I mean, maybe it's North America because we're here, it seems like it, but it seems like more divided. It's like very tribe mentality of us versus them, and it's got to be us versus them, and we're right, you're wrong, and, and I, my side's better, your side's wrong. And it just, it's getting crazy. It's getting out of control. So it appears, where I'm going with this, it, it, this is what it appears like on social media, right? You have these groups yelling at each other back and forth, back and forth, and there's not really much being said. It's not really much, it's not like a dialogue. It's just yelling. It's like people shouting across the room at each other, not saying much. Then the media picks this all up and says, wow, this is happening. And, and 60% of people believe that, you know, the president should be impeached or, you know, 40% think COVID is, 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 is a scam and he's locked on shit. And there's a lot of stuff going around that I don't want to use the term misinformation or like fake news. So that's not a right way to look at it. But all this stuff happens on social media. It gets taken from social media and, and amplified by the media. And then the media, like the, the regular folk and the everyday Joe watching his news from his couch sees it, whether they're educated or uneducated or whether they're from the south of America or the north of Canada and wherever they are, they see that and they think, oh wow, the world's falling apart and everything seems doom and gloom. And it just seems like a self-perpetuating cycle and it keeps happening and it keeps growing and it gets worse and it seems like the world is so divided and everything happening is like the world is ending. And I don't think that's an accurate picture. Well, do you know one thing too? And I think John was mentioning this to me today at the office about a book he's reading. I... Uh -oh. Oh, oh, we're okay. We're good. No, uh, are we good? So John was. Yeah, John, I'm good. I think we're gonna have to fix that. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, we're good. Anyways, check, check, um, check. Yeah, we're good. So what I was just saying is that John was mentioning a book that one of his buddies gave him to read, and it's really talking about social media. 
We're good. I think we're okay. Yeah, I can see. How long have we been recording for? About 25 minutes. Yeah, we're good, right? Yeah, yeah, we're good. So John was talking about this book that he's currently reading. It's talking about human behavior and and a lot of um, social media and how the actual people behind social media are creating so many false... I can't remember, and, and you know what's going to bother me. John, I'm going to text you as soon as this episode's done and, and find out because it's the way he was explaining was great. But he says a lot of what social media apps do in their, their algorithms, sorry, is that they'll show you people that align with you so that when you think, let's say, the world is ending, everybody. I literally wrote pushing confirmation bias. Wow. Continue your point. I don't want to so, yeah, you off. You go ahead. The, the idea was that if you think the world is ending, it's going to push you all the other people that think exactly like you so that in your head and on social media, you think the world is really ending. Yeah. When in reality, it's not. And I, I never really thought about that. And John was saying that and it cuts a lot to the politics section where it's like, yeah. when you, let's say you're left wing or right wing, it doesn't matter which side you are. If they start showing you all your friends that are on the same side as you, you think everybody's on your side. Yep. And then the small population, the small percentage of your Instagram or your social media friends that aren't, oh, they're on the island. Yeah. You're, with everybody on, you're with everybody on land. They're on the island. And he was talking about that. And he actually started getting into how like there were so many Russian accounts or sorry, accounts in America pushing false information, but they're actually like located in Russia and all. It's a crazy book and I'll, I'll get the name of it. And I actually will post it in the, uh, in the comments on when this episode releases. And sorry if I butchered that, John, but it's kind of the yeah, pushing I, confirmation bias. I wrote that earlier because it was kind of what I was going on before about like, you know, um, it plays off that, that what I said earlier about the media amplifying it, that doom and gloom. You know, that's another thing with the social media, right? Is like, so we're, we're unpacking a few things here. So I don't want to confuse it. I don't want to seem like the thoughts are all over the place because clearly we feel like there's a lot of things that need to be corrected with social media. And like Ricky said, we're hoping to do that with uh, with Cast, which is we're not going to talk too much about what Cast is doing on this episode. We want to talk more about just kind of the inherent issues that we see. And, and the current landscape of social media. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, and then the other one, we'll get into it more. The good news is that Cast is basically in beta now so uh, no it's not basically it is in beta yeah it is in beta which is a big milestone we'll get you know what i'm not going to talk about that but if you do want access shoot us your email um yeah 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 yeah. um so just jumping back to what i was talking about with things getting blown out of proportion there's two things that i think um are an issue that play on it because cancel culture is one but also like i was saying a ricky confirmation bias and there are two, let's start with confirmation bias. And it goes into the, what you just said in that on social media now you get pushed things you like, but there's no real platform that, that pushes you pockets of like conversation or pockets of discourse, right? So if you're on Twitter, um, you know, you're going to follow people that as opinion you respect or people, people's opinion you like, you like personally, I follow people. I follow a mix of people I do like and don't like on all platforms. Instagram, no. If I don't like you, you don't get to follow. That's just my principle. I just like don't want to. I just I'm the amount of messages I've got in the last two weeks. Like, hey, is George mad at me? Wait, Come what? on, not that many. But okay, like, honestly, a handful. Listen, if sorry, guys, I'll, I'll put it out there. I don't. I just. I don't. I don't. I follow things that I like to look at. With all due respect, I don't hate anybody. I've followed a few people recently. <laughs> Whatever it is, what it is. It's not that I have a, a, a vendetta against anybody. I don't not like people. I just don't like seeing things I just don't like. There's things I get very irritated easily. Are everybody listening to this is literally scrolling through Instagram <laughs> to make sure you didn't unfollow them? Not I don't hard. unfollow anybody, guys. Remember that. No, I, I will just, follow you from all three of my accounts. Love you all. My, uh, I literally follow boxing. My main timeline is boxing, basketball, and uh, yeah, travel stuff. That's it. Um, anyways, uh, I got the book. Sorry. The book is called Zucked. Waking up to the Facebook catastrophe. Uh, catastrophe. Sorry. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 
Thanks, John. So just to feed off that, to play off that, is like one of the big John things. John loves a good shout out too. So John, John yeah, John, honestly, you, John's man. been listening a lot. I love John. John, and John's oh. going to be big on John. Shout out to Virgie too. Yeah, shout out to Virgie too. Look at them both. Hey, shout out to Lane and Frank shout as well. Shout out to Lane and Frank. Shout out to Anastasia and Crystal. Crystal ain't listening, but my mom's listening. So it's by Roger McNamee. Okay. Yeah. Um, one thing, so I've, I have confirmation bias is one thing I want to address as well. And it's... um. It's one of the reasons that, like you said, things get blown out of proportion. So it starts with what, all this like us versus them and, and media stuff getting pushed to you by the algorithm, whether you agree with it, disagree with it, whatever it is. Um, but then confirmation bias is a thing that is very real and plays a major factor in this. And I think people often overlook it. I always give Rick shit. And I'm very, well, I'm going to preface, preface this as well. I am very guilty. Every human being is guilty of confirmation bias. Whether they like it or not and can admit it, everyone does it. Because at the end of the day, everybody wants to be right. I try very hard to try and prove myself wrong. But ego pl- comes into play with everybody. And naturally, when you get in an argument with someone, your defense goes up and you want to be right. Yeah. But confirmation bias is a very big problem. Because anybody listening to this, I guarantee you everyone's seen this happen. You'll be in an argument at a table. You'll be sitting with six friends at a table or your family and you'll be having a debate about something and someone pulls their phone out because we all have this great tool in our hand and we have access to Google. You'll pull it out and your first thing you'll search is, let's say me and Rick are debating about best coffee and I know that Brazilian, Brazilian Canadian coffee makes the best coffee in Canada and shout out to Brazilian Canadian coffee because they do make the best coffee. But Ricky says, no, you're wrong. And I say, you know what? I know that they sell the most coffee in Canada and I make a vague statement. Rick's like, no, you're wrong. Starbucks is, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to Google who sells the most coffee or Brazilian Canadian coffee, best coffee in Canada. And he's going to search Starbucks. And, and naturally on the internet today, you can find anything to back your point up. There's, you can literally find anything, whether it's accurate or not is one thing, but you can find a tagline or an article or something to click on that'll confirm your point. That's what confirmation bias is. Cause you'll take that news and you'll, you'll go and show it. No one ever searches. <laughs> no, I'll like, if you're having that same argument, I'm not going to search. Am I wrong? Is Brazilian not the best? Cause they are the best, but you understand what I'm, I think you understand what I'm saying here. You'll always try to find facts to back up your point. No matter what that also happens on social media. You follow people that are like you naturally, you gravitate to like-minded people or people that have the same interest appear the same way. Your friend groups are like that. You'll also search news and want to be curious about news that feeds into your bias. You know, when it comes to political stuff, you're going to want to see stuff that conf- if you think Trump's an idiot or Trudeau's an idiot or Angela Merkel's an idiot, if you think a politician, and idiot's a bad word, but if you think a politician is not doing a good job, you're going to want to find reasons to d- continue to believe that and say, I am right and, f- and continue to pile on and build your, to build your beliefs and your, and your, your thoughts and, and again, confirm it. Sometimes that's, you don't even need to do it. <laughs> it does it for you. do it for you. And that's one of the problems. And I'm going to stop ranting again on this and Rick, I'll let you jump in. But the confirmation bias is what kind of leads to this, this cancel culture as well. Confirmation bias is a big part of it. And there's no real platform that, yes, I think platforms do do a good job of pushing stuff that makes people angry because typically if you get angry, you get more incentivized to communicate and to rant and get pissed off. But more often than not, you're insulated to things that you believe or things you want to see, I think. Yeah. That makes sense? And it's not really a platform that will show you what the real picture is. It shows you the stuff you want to see, the news you want to see, stuff that, yeah, feeds into your, again, confirmation bias. But I mean, that's one of the biggest problems right now, that people just are, are insulated and you're stuck and you, the, your worldview becomes narrower and narrower and narrower and you think everything is this way. But I mean, it goes to show you, like the, the U.S., I remember the... I don't remember all the facts because I don't follow I don't follow election like the elections and all that stuff. I don't watch it all night. But I remember the first time, like nobody thought that Trump would beat 
what's her uh, Hillary, and then this time they said he was going to get blown out. And like honestly, at the end of it, it did look like he did. But when it was happening, the, I don't think anybody because basically when you see in the news, you think oh he's going to lose, and no one believes in him. And it was a lot closer than I think people the thought. The best was on so Bet three six five had the odds. So I bet on Biden to win at the very beginning. I paid out like twenty bucks, paid out fifty. Okay, but then Trump went heavy. Um, sorry, then Biden went heavy favorite. So it was like Trump bet twenty bucks wins eighty. I'm like, okay, well if, if I still bet twenty bucks, if Biden wins, I win ten bucks. If Trump wins, I can win whatever forty because I've got forty into it now. Yeah. Then it went swung the other way. Yeah. But uh, Trump was a heavy favorite. Biden was a huge underdog. Bet twenty to win a hundred. Yeah. So I just keep and I'm like. Each time someone went to a massive underdog, I just kept betting. I had three bets on each of them, and I cashed out fifty bucks on. I had a, I think I had a hundred bucks total bet between the two, and I'm betting on each guy. It's like it's not like I kept. I just bet on Biden and he won, and I won out fifty bucks. Like no, I had a hundred bucks, and I, if Trump won, I ended. Up, I would have won two hundred. If or sorry, I would have won two hundred on, on top of my hundred, so hundred. If Biden won, I won one hundred fifty, yeah. so fifty bucks. I was like, this is insane. The swings were so yeah, insane, because yeah. nobody really knows. No one knows, and the problem is everyone thinks they're right, right? Like I remember, like I remember hearing the news, you know, again, and it, the, the politics is a very easy example to use in this. You can pull up, you can pull up stuff in sports, how guys, you know, people debate about sports. You can pull it up about a lot of things. Pull it up about the Jordan Lebron debate. You, there's honestly, you can pull it about lockdowns versus no lockdowns. Messi, Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean, but you bring it down to like pizza versus pasta. You can bring anything into this debatable confirmation bias, but people are so in, getting more and more insulated to their worldviews and. It's crazy because we have so much access to information at our fingertips, but people find what they want to believe and they, they get married to these ideas. And like, it's like, oh, this is part of my identity now. You know, George is Greek. So if someone questions me being Greek and Greeks, you know, they find out Greek is the worst culture to be, then your, your world is shattered. That's, it's a shame, but that's what people think. And it just, make, it just perpetuates worse and worse. And then people think that they have the facts and they have an accurate picture of the world. And then you see something like that on like an election. I remember seeing like it was like, you know, they, it was one state divided it, which is crazy. Uh, it, again, not to get down this political thing, but it's because of this is, is kind of made blown things out of portion and brought it really into the spotlight about crazy things are. Which, yeah, I mean, I kind of exhausted that topic. Well, yeah, let's, let's make a little bit of a transition here. Let's we, we touched on cancel culture before, but let's get into that because I think that's the biggest one. Yeah, in today's social media and even in the media and just in the world in general, this whole idea of cancel culture it needs to come down about ten notches because today. You should, like you said earlier, you shouldn't be judged as a thirty-year-old man on what you said when you were a fifteen-year-old boy. Everybody's made mistakes, and if you don't believe in second chances, I personally think you are very wrong. There's, sorry, let me rephrase that. There are certain things that you don't get second chances from. Yeah, I 100% agree on that, and we can all know what those are. Everyone's got those in their mind, but majority of things. There should be second chances, like like saying you know, something inappropriate, yeah, or like offside. Some um, let, let's use a lot of words that we used to use as kids, and I'm just saying this because there's no other way for you to. But the word retard, that's a word I've basically outside I, of today yeah. I've cut yeah. from my my vocabulary. I don't use it. I don't anymore. know. The, I don't even know if I ever you say it. And again, people yeah. don't get freaked out and don't get mad. He's not saying it like as an example. Is. That like, that word when we were kids, I used to use all the time. Man, that was. Yeah, retarded, or you are retarded. I would say it all the time. A and lot I'd of probably people say it. People still, out. people still say it today, yeah. and it's not correct. And it's a terrible thing to say. And the older you get, you realize that. But if you pull up some of my tweets from 2008, 12 years ago, I probably said last night was retarded. 
And again, I'm just saying this to preface this conversation so you know I don't use this word in my vocabulary. There's a lot of words that I used to use, but if I ever run for, for let's say, politician to, for politics in Toronto or Ontario, I'd be crushed instantly because, oh, he said the R word back then. He said the F word, and I'm not talking about F, fuck, I'm talking about the other F word. So there's so many times where you do things as a kid or even a young adult, or you make a mistake, and everyone's so quick to just jam it down your throat. For sure. You did this, you did this, and then it gets shared online. It keeps getting passed around. One example is like in the NFL. I remember, I remember like when people get drafted to, to pro sports. Uh, I don't remember the exact examples, but I think there was like a top draft pick that like, you know, there's guys that lose, oh, the hockey player or whatever, wasn't there? Like there's people who, do, who you know, work their whole lives and want to, you know, work hard and they're going to be a top 10, let's say, sports NFL pick or hockey pick. And maybe they said something on Twitter or, or they posted something back in the day that was, you know, they'll be considered by today's standards extremely offensive. It should have been considered by then standards offensive, but it wasn't. It was a different world back then. You know, you go watch some TV shows now, the stuff like you watch, you know, throw The Office on. There's a couple episodes on there that probably wouldn't fly today. But the point is... Again, sorry to cut you off, ahead, but this is, this is the one that always sticks out in my mind. When they're talking about someone going to jail and Kevin's like, oh, Oscar, you don't know about jail? You would love jail. And yeah. Oscar's, you know, a, a gay male in his 40s or yeah. something, right? Or how about, how about Michael Scott goes, I don't want to say, he's like, you don't call, pe you know, slow people the R word. Yeah. You call your friends, but when you're yeah. being, see, like, that joke wouldn't fly today. No. But the point is, is that because it happened then, like, are people going to go cancel Michael Scott in the office because it, it happened then? At the end of the day, too, like, yeah, to your point, things happen, in, in you they're wrong and it should never happen but they happen at the time because it, that's just the world you lived in right like you can't go pr uh, retroactively and say well now you gotta that guy should apologize for what he did back there for saying that word no like it happens but that point is with the cancel culture that you were making is like you know you see it with the sports example there's guys who are gonna be trapped in the top 10 and somebody goes digs through their their Twitter account to like when it first started when they were in like middle school or high school and they said something that's very controversial and like their their career is over. Just their career is over before it started. I'm not ju I'm not defending what anybody does. I'm not saying people are they're right for doing it. I'm not saying it's okay to do it. But we all I don't care how how much of a saint anybody watching this. And I'm talking to every person watching this, whoever you are, wherever you are. Everybody's made a mistake. Everyone has said something they shouldn't have said in their life. Whether you believe, whether you want to admit it or not, at some point or another, people everyone has said something that would be classified as wrong or inappropriate or or vulgar i don't know what the word i'm yeah, looking yeah. for is, but yeah, yeah. We, we get what you're saying B a bigot i guess kind I don't of no we get it but yeah as long as you can acknowledge the wrong that you did and acknowledge okay you know it was 10 years ago i was a child i'm sorry it was terrible i do believe that everyone should be given second chances and not be just put through the absolute ringer online you know there's again there's mistakes that you can't come back from a hundred percent but a lot of times celebrities and professional athletes, and they're probably two of the most, that are just destroyed, their reputations dragged through the mud because of things that happened 10 plus years ago when, when, they, were, when they were younger and a little bit stupid and times were a little bit more different. So in the terms of, and I, I, I'm gonna wrap up my part on this, but in terms of cancel culture, I just want people to realize when you're online and you're, you're on the cancel culture train, put yourself in their shoes. You know, remember, like, what if that was you and you made that mistake 10 years ago? Do you want all these, you know, thousands of people online just bashing you and your, your partner and your potential children and your family because of a, a, a very big or minor, like, lack of judgment of character when you were younger? So just think about that. On that point, I want to, before I 
I'm going to carry on to your point there. But one thing too, it's interesting, right? Like we're in the world of like guilty to proven innocent. Not, not online. Not online. Yeah. Online. Oh, sorry, online. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Not in the real world. Yeah. In the real, the real world, world supposed to be innocent. In the real world, guilty. you do something. People have to prove guilt. Like the, the law is prove guilt. The problem with online is like today, let's say I say something or, or I might have missed something gets misconstrued that I did. You know, something gets done online. Someone and gets grabs a soundbite and it's just Whatever, a, part, yeah. a part of the conversation. Put out there and I get painted with a brush. My employer picks it up. The public picks it up. My family gets, like all of this stuff happens. The world now has a perception of George Boutsalis that might not be accurate because that soundbite or that thing that was taken, taken from out of context is entirely misconstrued. Everybody now knows what they know about me. Now, I could be like, it could be a, a day later, I get, it gets proven that that was false. But all those people that now think that of me are not like the same person who can't, got me canceled. It's not the same effect because I get canceled, let's say, or I get painted with this brush by this person. This person comes to my defense and proves that it was wrong. Well, this person had the louder voice, got it out to more people. Not everyone that heard this wants to find out this. They're going to assume this was right because some people might say, oh, I always thought that guy was bad. I always thought the guy was a, a scumbag or a loser or believe this. Now, this news carries less weight because this news was put in their heads. This news has to be double as convincing to prove them wrong. I'm just realizing the people who are listening on, on the podcast are going to find that very confusing. What do you mean? Because they don't, oh, see, the all, left, they don't see the left hand and the right I'm, hand. I'm looking at the camera holding my left <laughs> hand and my right hand. Sorry, guys. For those you, listening, you, you, you get what he's saying. When he's yeah, saying this like person and that the, person, the, the, two, the, two the argument to, to undo the first perceived thing it has to be even more convincing and more more concrete that's a problem because now you've been painted with this brush you could lose your job you could put all over the news and media because of something that was taken out of context that's not okay because there's no judge jury like the judge jury and executioner online are the masses and you're trusting people who again humans are irrational humans fall into biases and all these things and and we're at the mercy of you're at the mercy of the masses really which is is such a shame because you know, you got to tread very carefully what you do. You can't really share it. Like, you can share your opinion. A lot of people do. A lot of people share publicly what they think. But a lot of people don't for that fear of condemnation, for that fear of reprisal, and, and for what could happen, what gets misconstrued. To be honest, that's one of the reasons why I went and went through my old posts and, and everything. It just was really meticulous about what I believe. Now, I still think I am very much my authentic self online. But see, am I really being authentic by censoring what I should say? Because I'm worried that people are going to come and potentially cancel me by misconstruing something that I say. So, I don't know. I'm kind of piecing a couple of things together here that I hope that makes sense to everybody. But Do you know what I think a big thing is? Now that everyone has access to creating their own platform, especially with social media, everyone has a voice, everyone has a platform. Whereas 20, 30 years ago, only certain people did. Like, you know, you think about journalism 30 years ago people writing in the paper, those were real journalists who went and they found their information. Investigative journalism. Yeah, it was a real thing. Now it's kind of like, well, I saw this hockey player holding that hockey, holding that girl's hand. He's cheating on his wife. I'm going to print it. Done. Boom. I was talking, hockey player's life's ruined. I talked about this with somebody Whereas recently. They would, 30 years ago, that didn't happen because for a newspaper, for example, to print a, or to retract a, an article or statement was like hell. Like, yeah. They would never do that. That's a great point. Now Continue. it's like, oh, well, you know, Prez Hilton... 
got a tweet from this person. He shares it. Oh, what's he care? He's getting his he's getting his eyeballs. He's making his money. Oh, it turns out it's not true. Oh, too bad. And people no, forget no fast. Sad. They yeah. don't care, right? Yeah. yeah, they don't care that he was wrong on seventy yeah. percent of his tweets or whatever. I'm, these are just no, fake numbers, and I don't want to use Prez Hilton. That was just the first name that came to mind. But the idea is that everyone has a voice now. Everyone has a platform to and share it's sound, news. And it's very soundbitey. It's not. It's not. You actually, the the thing about investigative well, journalism. Look at Twitter. It's one hundred and eighty characters or how many characters? More now. It's double one one forty two eighty. Whatever. But it's really interesting you say that. Let me just make sure this didn't fuck up again. Uh, interesting you say that because I brought this point up to somebody recently about investigative journalism and it's like, it feels like it's like dead. Remember the movie um, Spotlight? Oh, great movie. Right. That was a piece of, that started as a piece of investigative journalism and it became, and it, the movie portrays it. I, I believe, I don't want to misrepresent it, but I'm 90% sure that's what it is. Think about that. Like, when's the last time, like, that doesn't happen often, but like investigative journalism used to be about like digging into a story, having a bit of an idea, and like spending like months or even years uncovering it. That doesn't happen anymore. That doesn't make newspapers money because people want to. People don't want to sit and read a twenty, like a ten-page no. report. They want to click and it's move on, right? But you see, that's click the bait, problem. Right? That's the problem, and I, that's actually one of the things. This is a completely aside notion, but that's one of the problems about getting your news. Like I, I do like. Like let's say Twitter for example, Reddit. Like there's a lot of good platforms to get news from. You can get the quick fix. You see it. You move on. Google as well on, on the Google app. Like it shows you news things that you like. Those are good. But you got to remember something too. To your point, Ricky, that you made. Those pieces that are getting posted. Some of them I'm not bashing all the journalists, but a lot of them are just very short sound, like sound bitey type, like clickbait or really quick read synopsis because they know someone actually. Shout out Becca. Becca told me this. There's like, a pyramid, there's, like, there's like a pyramid There's like a pyramid effect now. It's almost like the thing that I said when you read in an F, but at the top is all the information and it slowly dilutes dilutes because no one's reading at the bottom of information, right? That's why people need to be careful about when you, to go to confirmation bias again, you gotta be careful about the stuff you take and read online and then share or like go and amplify further because not to say it's not right information, not discrediting anybody, but just be sure because now it's about reading something short and sharing. Nobody is taking time to read full articles. This is also why I talk about the importance of reading books. I'm not going to get down this path, but you see, most people aren't writing a book and spending like years and years writing a book and fact checking and a publisher not printing it if things aren't more or less factually confirmed, right? You're not going to spend all your blood, sweat, and tears to print a book that may not get picked up. Your publisher is not going to put their reputation on the line printing something that's not correct. So that's also why it's important to go and dig into books, whether it's stuff that you believe in or don't believe in, because stuff that you're going to read has been put through the ringer quite a bit versus you know, a blog online is going to publish it and again, can redact it and no one's going to notice. No one's going to say, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to use this, this yeah. blog anymore because the they tweet took can get deleted yeah. instantly. Yeah. So I think that's a big problem. It's a good point you brought up. Um, I don't have too much to say on that topic, but that was something interesting because I realized now is that I've actually stopped getting a lot of my news online and stopped reading a lot because I even notice, like I just skim and, I'm, and then I'll go to the group chat and I'll be like, Hey, do you guys know this? And you are you really like, you're just sharing cause it seems cool. You know? Well, no, but sometimes you want to get other people's feedback too, right? True. I think our group text is, is one thing that, that I do love. And it's, again, it's not social media, but a lot of group mm -hmm. texting apps, for example, are owned by these massive social media companies. Like, you know, Facebook chat, you do, we, we used to, when we were younger, have massive Facebook 100%. group chat groups. Uh, WhatsApp, again, owned by Facebook, Instagram, DM Facebook. groups, right? Facebook. So um, I do love them because we can exchange ideas thoughts quick communication and there's a lot of benefits to them like our, our instagram dm group is hilarious it's really funny you know we share memes all day long and we laugh 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 
and it's hilarious. And you know, WhatsApp's great because you can send voice notes over to your cousins in Italy or for you, Georgie, your cousins in <laughs> Greece. And it's it's instantly. There's no more dial-up phone or running to the convenience store to buy a prepaid long-distance card. Once, I remember, yeah. Yeah, my mom used to do it all the time to call people. In Shout out, Elaine. Yeah. So <laughs> there's so many nice and positive things about social media and these and the the advancements in think it. Think about how many places. Sorry. Think about how many places in the world that you're more aware of now because of Instagram posting. If you follow like Condé Nast or Travel and Leisure or any any travel blog. Like there's the amount of places that I've seen that I've saved that I want to one day go whenever this yeah. does end go on vacation on as a result of that like there is a lot of good that comes out of social media yeah a lot a lot it's just I think people need to be aware of what the bad is and just know know what you're playing with like again I'm I'm all over social media because I know what I'm doing and I feel comfortable using it I know when I see something that's a little bit offside I know okay you know what that's not me like I'm okay with it so mm. um, I did want to get on one more point about algorithms. Okay. Well, but before you, add, I'm good at that because I want to like after circle back and kind of kind of summarize what we talked about a little bit. But um, what was I saying? Yeah, the biggest thing I think with social media is like we're not, and this conversation is not going to change the millions and billions of people that use it. Like Twitter, uh, Facebook has 1.8 daily act, 1.8 billion daily active users, which is honestly insane to think about. That's like it's that's that's absurd. That's a population of like India, I think, um, on it every single day. But the thing is, is like people like you know. It's a great tool. People are building businesses because of it. People are, are connecting with others. We, we reach out to guests because of it. Like There is so much, and it's such a good tool. But the problem is like people just getting into these factions and tribes and you know, con- just r- compounding or like um, affirming their beliefs and, again, biases. And like you can, you can use it for so much more and, and really, really broaden your horizon and expand your mind and use it as a tool to educate yourself and learn and grow. Um, so that's the important thing I think takeaway is like use it, take it for what it is and just notice when you're falling victim to things. Notice when you're you know only seeing one perspective, one point of view, open yourself to other things to see what the other side is saying. This is not just a political thing, whether it's anything, whatever you believe. It could be down to like, you know, you believe in like this makeup brand versus this one or or this celebrity gossip or this celebrity gossip or this, you know, whatever it is. Messi, you know, when he's got caught for tax evasion or something like, is that true? I don't know. Let's see Barcelona side or let's see what the truth. Like, it's just really being aware of there's more than, there's always more than one side of the story. Agreed. I'll leave it on that. No, no, I, I 100% agree with that. Um, let's jump into algorithms and actually one thing you said earlier on when you were wrapping that up, you said that this isn't going to change people's perspective and we're not trying to change anyone's perspective or anyone's opinion. We're just sharing some information and our insights and our opinions in the hopes that you'll think about it. I think that's what we're, we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not telling you don't use any of these apps because that'd be hypocritical because we use them or some of them. So it's just think about what you're using and, and how you perceive these these apps and how and what you use them for but to last point and then we'll we'll start to wrap up yeah yeah because we jumped on a lot of stuff yeah we did and we touched on a lot and this is fun because me and you don't get to do this often so it is nice that we get to do this uh algorithms so first of all let me ask you what's your favorite what app or social media app has the best algorithm in your opinion it's hard for me to answer that because like i I said earlier on i only use really one social media app no but you have over over the years like you know you've used snapchat you've used instagram you've used facebook you've used i know but it's hard for me to say it's the best i use Reddit. i've used every app at some point or another um it's hard for me to say what i think is the best well honestly the app the app i like best actually you know what i'm gonna rephrase that i actually don't like instagram the best anymore because they've made some changes recently that i don't really understand the shop button the shop button and also so like now when you scroll and you run out of posts that you've seen before it stops you gives you a check mark and it says 
click on older posts. Have you noticed that? I did see that. And then you go to the older posts, and like I'm like, oh, I never saw these to begin with. So it's it's really I don't really get what they're doing. This is going to be a digression. I also believe that, and I'm going to jump back. I don't want to get this down this path. Every app is now a, Ma- a Frankenstein app of every other app. And it's we've f- talked about this fucking crazy. Like it, Insta- Instagram, I love, but it's starting to look like a mix of Instagram, TikTok, like some Snapchat. It's a Pinterest because the shop thing and I think is Pinterest. YouTube and YouTube with IGTV. Fuck, these apps are all. No one's original. I know someone who's original. I know some people who are doing something original. Heck yeah. Anyways, go. I don't have an opinion, but I think from what I gather, TikTok is the best. Yeah, TikTok. I, in I'm my opinion, has of, has of most recently. Like I, I downloaded TikTok at the beginning of COVID. I, I haven't used it too much lately, obviously. But at the beginning of COVID, me and my family actually we jumped on the TikTok bandwagon just to see what there it was. There were some good ones, I will admit. Yeah, do you know what the funny part is? I remember I, I saw these young women at the All NBA All Star game, you know, doing dancing videos, and I kept thinking, "What the oh, hell Charlie is this?" Oh, Charlie DeMello, whatever. Well, at the time, I had no idea who they yeah, were. I'm yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, you know, it's probably like Mark Cuban's daughters." That's what yeah, I yeah, honestly yeah. thought. Yeah. Which apparently, Mark Cuban's daughter is a TikTok star. That's I don't surprising. know. You guys could fact check that. Vishal, let us know. <laughs> yeah, um, we don't got Jordan here for this. So. I downloaded just to check it out, and their algorithm was so good that you could spend an hour on it and think it's five minutes. So that's uh, that's one of the ones I think is the best. But to your point on uh, the recent change, and then we'll wrap up with algorithms after. The Instagram now, how they've the main center button should be the button that defines your app. You know, Instagram their center button used to be to post. You want to create it, post a post a picture, post a video. Now it's the shop button. The main button when you open up Instagram is the shop button now. Hold on. I didn't know that. The middle center button. No. It's add. You don't have the new one then. They changed it again? Yep. So if you guys actually. That's annoying. Listeners, when you get on. Oh, sorry. It's reels. Oh, Oh, so it's TikTok now. Yeah, it's TikTok now. And then shop is right beside it. Shut up. It's not post. Post is now to post something. You got to go top right, which that's not where it should be. When you hold the phone, because yeah, don't you want people to be cre- see? That's the problem. That's is what I don't get. This is what I don't understand. Like, be original. I understand why they do it because Mark Zuckerberg fucking rips everything off. He wanted to buy Snapchat, couldn't buy Snapchat. Created stories. He probably wanted to buy TikTok for all we know, and he couldn't. So he created reels. Like, it doesn't make it. I understand it. You need to keep people engaged, and naturally, over time, people get tired of things and they move on to new things. Probably why TikTok blew up because people got tired of it. And also there's a gap in the market with Vine leaving. A multitude of things. I have my opinion on it. But I don't get that. Like why Like why is now Reels the most important thing? You have home and you have Reels. So now you have two timelines basically. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't like that. That bothers me. But I didn't know that. What is it? Like I, gotta update. I don't want to update mine now. That's annoying. I don't even think I did it purposely. I think it just did it for me. Oh, also, anyone who wanted a book, they all been mailed out. So I just noticed my video that I had there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I do think algorithms are important to have. And I think that social media wouldn't be the same without them. Yeah. You know, if I'm aimlessly scrolling down my explore page on whatever app, let's say, let's use um, Instagram. If I'm just aimlessly scrolling through things I don't care about, I'm not going to like the app. Let's say TikTok. If they're showing me videos of, of people dancing, which, I, again, I'm 30 years old. I don't care about 16-year-olds doing dances that they shouldn't be doing. I don't. I want to see people wiping out. I want to see sports <laughs> highlights. And I want to see, like, skiing 
people skiing down Those mountains. So sick. That's Those what I want to see. Videos fire me yeah, up big fuck, time. Man, awesome. So that's what I want to see, and the algorithm knows oh. that now, and they just fire me up, and they show me exactly what I want to see. So, I think that's one thing I noticed too. Like, I, and see, actually, if you notice it now, so if, when you reach that thing on the on the uh, Instagram timeline, you see they're just becoming TikTok now. It's actually crazy. If you look at the Instagram timeline, when you run out of stuff, I don't know when it starts to show you. Uh, almost like explore page on here. So the explore these, like, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, like these, are, these are like this profiles. These yeah. are other profiles you might yeah, like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I really think, you know, I really think there's a gap in the market. Now. I really think people are trying to rip each other off. They're doing this almost a disservice because I said this on the, on the podcast. I think that I see it with Rang or with, with thing or who did I say this with? I don't remember, but uh, whatever. There's going to be the timelines messed up here, but you don't get, you don't, get uh you're not gonna get famous doing what other people did you're not gonna be success yeah you'll put people, put people on it and you know stories i w- actually i shouldn't say that because stories is the biggest use of instagram the biggest po- biggest users the, sorry the most usage on instagram comes from stories which is a rip off of snapchat so i guess maybe i am wrong i don't know, talk myself out of that one but but was in a circle as I finished my point, but it, it's interesting, right? No, there's no originality anymore. Even Twitter, Twitter has fleets now. They're taking stories like three years late from Snap, or four years late from Snapchat. It makes no sense. There's no originality left, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating. But I think this is a good point. I know we're getting near the like near the end, but I want to like kind of wrap up what we talked about, the things that we think that are wrong, and then kind of what what little sneak peek of what we're doing. Um, we obviously nailed in the privacy being an issue. I think that like, you know, you have to be very aware of what apps are taking what information. Um, and it is an important thing right now, especially what's going on in the world. Um, the, the political aspect, I don't want to get into that because that's whatever. You can believe what you want to believe, but I think it's important to open yourselves up like to the, more of the news and dig deeper and see what's going on, not just see what the news is showing, not see what social media is showing and think, I mean, what's happening in America is absolutely fucking wild. It's like the Wild West out there. It's crazy, but... Um, you know, formulate your own opinions. Don't. I saw a meme the other day. Sorry to cut you off, George. Go. It's like, hey, aliens, now would be a good time. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a, a funny one. Speaking of which, did, you, like, did anybody know that like aliens come, like the, the Pentagon announced that they've been, we've, been, we've been contacted or there's been like proof of alien life coming to Earth and that's like the, like, the least interesting story of the year? Crazy. Which is abs- absolutely absurd. Like, think about that. It's, they've said they believe <laughs> we're not alone and that's not even the biggest story of the year. Like, aliens exist. And no one like everyone's like whatever. That's nuts to me. Um, Anyways, continue wrapping. Yeah, and then so I like the other thing is like you know when it comes to your you don't insulate yourself to one belief, one view, one following, one like don't feed into the confirmation bias. Like try to try to find things that disprove what you believe. Try to find things that say, oh, do, should I believe this? Like because you might well you might that's another thing too. Think about this. What you might believe today might prove to be a, a very faux pas down the road. The way that you say bad words back then are now, you know, back then it was okay, now it's bad. This is a this is an example, but like what if believing something today is a crime down the road or is considered blasphemous back like down the road? You don't know, so you shouldn't also be married to things. You should be adapting and looking for new ideas and, and trying to grow, evolve and and bring in new perspective. Um and yeah, the cancel culture thing is, is absolutely insane. I mean, that's one of the biggest problems in the world. People can't share their true, honest, objective opinions on social media anymore. You cannot be your authentic self. 
And I'm not saying you should be able to be your authentic self in a negative way. Bigotry, inciting violence, breaking the law should never stand anywhere. Like you shouldn't be able to attack people for their race, religion, for their beliefs. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be able to like say, let's storm the, the capital or you should not, let's riot here. Like that should not be allowed anywhere. Um, you know, that's not okay. But people should be allowed to be themselves. Share your opinions and your beliefs without the fear of being canceled. Like you can't. A lot of things are ideas and opinions. Sometimes people ask questions and they get and they get shut down for it. Like, who is who is who am I? Who are you? Who is Ricky to tell you that your idea or your question or your opinion is wrong? There's like there's this thing about being right and wrong. You can have an opinion that's not favorable, doesn't make it wrong. And maybe in their world, that belief is accurate, right? Like, people have different beliefs, and 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 it's just getting crazy that people are getting canceled for having an unpopular belief. That's my diary. Great. Like, I mean, you wrapped that up great. Yeah. Thanks, nice. man. Good job. I'm getting better articulating my thoughts. Oh, it's yeah, funny I know you had some notes. Down I to, and I don't write my notes down. I do talk well, in you circles. Know, you know what's so funny? You actually just, just said this to me too when yeah. you're getting here. Hey, sometimes you rant a bit. I'm like, sometimes. I always rant. The uh, And for those listening, you know, we didn't have a guest this episode. It's not because we just didn't have one. We didn't want one today. We wanted to have this conversation because it's something that comes up in our in conversation between us. And we have other episodes banked. We have other episodes lined up. But we've been meaning to do this and have this conversation on this podcast because we have a platform now and we are fortunate enough that we have subscribers and listeners and people who, who I guess, value what we have to say. And it's something that is very important in today's society. So, again, Georgie wrapped that up great. So I want to add one last thing about what kind of what cast is because we talked about it a lot. I don't and we've said it in, you know, it's spawn as a sponsor and all that stuff. But. I don't think we've really touched on it, and I want to give a bit of background on it. I don't want to dive in too much because top secret beta right now. So if you want access, you got to get it. You got to you got to ask permission. But what cast is? It was an idea that Ricky and I had. Have we talked about it at all on the podcast? Uh, we we've mentioned hints about it, but we haven't told the. Full Should we give story. a bit of the history? Yeah, give, Let's give you a, a little bit of history. Yeah, well, we're going to end up doing a full episode, and we'll probably grab DB on it for this episode yeah, as well. Yeah, I think this is like we're kind of nearing that point. So I'll explain how this idea came about and where we are today, and then we'll get we'll, it'll set up for the next one, mm -hmm. part one, part two. Actually, we'll call it part one, part two. Sure. Yeah. Um. Whatever. Yeah. Um. So, in 2017, um, I took a year off of work, like a sabbatical, to travel the world. Um just to kind of explore. I was kind of in like a, a weird place. I didn't know what I, if I wanted to continue on my career that I was doing then and what I wanted to do. And just, I was at like a weird place. I was like, you know what? I can go and travel. So I traveled and, and it gave me a lot of time to reflect. Um, when you, you really learn who you are when you're by yourself in, in a foreign country. Um, people used to make jokes when I was going to go like, oh, you're going to find yourself. And I was like, bullshit, you know what you're talking about. But it's true. You have a lot of reflecting time. But one of the things I reflected on was what we just talked about and what's going on with the world and, um, you know, sharing opinions. It was a little bit different then. Our initial idea was kind of creating something where people can guess and make predictions because my biggest problem was when we, when, I, when this idea kind of came about was that people don't get held to a certain standard. So it was more so in like a, a sports caster type or news anchor type or, or opinions where people share their opinions publicly and they'll, you know, they'll make a prediction or they'll rip somebody apart and then it's just forgotten. It's like pushed by the wayside. Um, you know, people say they're they're experts and they make all these bold predictions and none of them come true and they're still experts. But that's not the point. That's not why we're here now. I told Ricky about this idea and Ricky said, okay, that seems kind of negative and don't like, you know, whatever. And, and he helped really evolve it. And he said, why don't we make it more like a game? And, you know, people can guess, they can guess what they think or share their opinion on what they think and we'll see what comes true. Almost like uh, HQ. That game HQ back in the day. Yeah, that was a little bit of inspiration. <clears throat> and 
that was the idea in 2017 and it we kept evolving built a bit of like wireframes and all that but never materialized and thankfully it didn't because it, it since then it evolved even further and early on in covid uh, er, say COVID, early on 2020 um when ricky ended this podcast and just i we said let's just do stuff this year and and this idea kind of came back to the forefront and i said you know now seems like a, a really good time for this like people you know can, don't have a place where they can share their their perspective and their opinion and share their truly unique like opinion and you know people don't participate in the conversation and then and then media amplifies it everything we've talked about on this podcast for the last hour all these issues we just realize that there's nothing that's solving these right now there's nothing out there that can allow people to speak freely and like and speak give their op- open opinion or weigh in on a conversation um honestly and not be scared to be canceled uh, and then you know give a real paint a real picture of what the world thinks and we're not saying we're right. We're not saying the, 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 what the world thinks now is wrong. We just want to know for sure if that's what the world thinks. Because, you know, on Twitter, you might have people, the trending topic rising to the top, and that's what people want to talk about. And that's the trending topic and, the, you know, the kind of the theme of the day. But how many people are talking about it? Is it 10,000? Is it 50,000? Is it 100,000? And if so, is that, is that exactly what the world thinks? Because, you know, the people who maybe don't, you know, 50,000 think that Twitter's got 300 million monthly active users. We're the majority. Why aren't they contributing? What do they think? And... and just Sorry, want to yeah. finish that part. Maybe they don't agree with it, but they're like, well, why am I going to speak up? Am I going to really get in this violence and get attacked? So people don't speak up because, again, that fear of, of condemnation and reprisal and people piling on. So they kind of avoid the topic altogether. So they can't really share their true and objective, unique opinion. Yeah, Makes sense? And, and even to build on that, and I shared this the other day on Instagram. You know, you watch, you see one news outlet or one social media poll where it says, you know, Trump is going to win by 70, he's got 70% of the votes. You watch another one, you you see the other side of it, mm-hmm. and he's, Biden's going to win by 65. Turns out it was 51, 49, or whatever, 52, 49, 48, whatever the exact numbers were. Well, how were both news outlets, they polled everybody. Well, okay, well, how many people did you pull? Yeah. Obviously, you only pulled people on the right, you only pulled people on the left, and that's how you got those numbers. Well, the answer was someone in the middle. Why didn't you pull everybody? How many people did you pull? Where did you pull these people from? That's the, the main thing that we're going to start to do. That's a really good way to put it too. That's actually one of the things that originally that we tried to solve when we first had this idea years ago is that like there's such a small sample size and then the news when they put like, you know, a study done says 60, uh, 80% of people think the COVID lockdowns are, are, are effective. Those and, it, and it says, you know, and then it says a little asterisk, 1,000 people polled. Well, if you pull 1,000 people at home uh, on a Tuesday afternoon, like you, what are the odds you're going to get an accurate picture of what everyone thinks? And, and that's again the point, right? A lot of people, it goes back to confirmation bias. You're going to put the, the you're going to put the statistics up, the statistics up that play into your narrative. So all of these things, right? Taking this all into consideration, Ricky and I said, hey, we got to do something about this. Like we have the time with COVID now. We have the means. Let's let's build something. Let's build this project, but let's fix it. Let's make it what, in, what today needs because that idea we had might have been fun at the time and it might have worked, but we wanted to do something that honestly is going to have an impact. We don't want to, we want to do it to just, just bring healthy discourse and objectivity back to social media because the the social media is is like you're connected to everyone in the world and it seems that the discourse is unhealthier than ever. We want to make a place where people can have discourse and say, wow, I never thought that. I never knew that. Wow. 80% of males age 30 plus really think that, you know, like they really think this, they really think that yoga is the best exercise. Like, I mean... 
there's so many questions that can be asked in the world. And like, there's no such thing, honestly, no such thing as a dumb question. But like, where are the answers being pooled? And yeah, okay, big tech, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all these things can see all these trends and they know what people are liking, what they're searching and what the world is saying. But why don't we know? Why doesn't the world know? Why doesn't, you know, why doesn't, you know, Joe Smith, who's on Twitter today, sees the trending topic, but how come he doesn't see what everyone thinks? It's trending, but is it trending for bad reasons or good reasons? Is it trending because people think that it needs to stop or it needs to continue? So there's nowhere that that shows you what the world really believes, what side of the of the divide or the debate they're on. And that's what we want to solve. We want to show, we want to give people a platform where they can, they can, raise questions they can ask questions and not be scared that someone's going to yell at them because you're going to phrase it in a question they can they can provide options for people to participate they're not going to get sorry they can provide options for people to participate people can vote on those on those options on those different answers but their votes going to be kept anonymous so that they can share their objective opinion and not be scared that if i think this option but i know that i'm going to be in the minority camp here People are going to jump down my throat and say, are you nuts? Why do you believe that you're terrible? You're an awful person. I can't believe you think that just because someone doesn't agree with them. So we wanted to create a platform where people can ask any question they want. Again, not breaking the law, not inciting violence, not being a, a, a racist and, and a terrible person, but asking questions, trying to, trying to create conversation and dialogue, let people contribute and, and share their perspective. But that's it. They can share their opinion. You don't necessarily know where they land on that opinion, but they contributed. From there, we're going to give the users back some information where they can see the demographics. They can see where people voted. So let's just lay this out and make it clear. I can paint this picture for you guys. You ask a question, who is the greatest basketball player of all time? LeBron James or Michael Jordan? A polarizing debate that will rage on for, the, for, the, for as long as we have basketball and as long as you know, people have been around to see Jordan play and see LeBron play. Now, I mean... We kind of know people divided. It's kind of probably split pretty close, but how do we know? How do we know what demogra- what age group thinks one way or the other? How do we know what men and women think differently? How do we know what people in Ohio versus people in Chicago think? How do people in Canada versus the U.S. think? We don't have these statistics. So I might tell you that I know my friends think, you know, it's, two to, it's 50-50, but is that what the world thinks? So I can ask that question. People can vote. And if my whole family likes Michael Jordan, but I like LeBron and I'm scared to speak up and say, I like LeBron because I don't want to get crapped on by my family, I can vote and they'll never know what I voted. And then I can, as a person who asked the question, I can see the results. And the person who voted can see the results. So you can say, wow, 100 million people voted on this question and it's 55 to 45. I did not know that. And that's really interesting because 100 million people contributed. So I got a very, very broad picture of all demographics, of all ages, of all locations. And I can see that too. So I can, I, be, I, I believe what I'm seeing. You know, is that? You, you said it. And that, like, the, that example is a very kind of fun and, and easy one, but let's let's rewind and let's go back to the American election. We can ask this question prior to an, any election, or maybe the Canadian one coming up or the provincial one. You can ask, who do you think is going to win? And I mean, we're not saying we can predict the future by any means, and, and that's not what we're trying to do, but you'll be able to paint a clear picture of, okay, you know what? In, in America, maybe 48% of people voted for Trump, and of those 48%, most of them were over the age of 50. Most of them were from these states. Okay, people that voted for Biden under, under the age of 50 from these states. Women more so voted Biden than Trump, whatever that is. The average person who doesn't have access to these insane stats that these politicians use and the money behind them, 
a normal average Joe can get this information. And that's, that's the difference. And mm -hmm. there's so many hot topics in today's society, COVID vaccines, politics that we want to be able to give social justice. Yeah. And you know what you said it, the world is so connected, but at the same time, it's so divided. Mm -hmm. So let's give people the information and allow them to do their own research and formulate their own opinions and, and see for themselves with real information, real data. So the last things I want to add in that, cause we can wrap this here, but that's also where we tend to be different is that we're not going to give you confirmation bias. Like we don't want confirmation bias. You can follow whoever you want. You can be friends with whoever you want. You can, you can follow people who have like interests, but at the end of the day, the demographics we're showing is not is not going to be insulated to just who you follow. It'll be to whoever like people can see the question. Everybody can vote. So while you might say you know the, the you might say who's going to win the election, and you think that let's use the American one for example, you think you know you're in the in the liberal camp, and the Republican or is it Democrat? I don't even know Democrat. Whatever it is, you might think that that's your world as you think. But everybody, anybody, and everybody can go vote. Casts are, are public. They're they're all over the. They're they're everybody can contribute to the, to the conversation. So you might believe one thing, but you're gonna get a rude awakening if the, if that's not the real accurate picture. So we're not showing you confirmation bias. Yes, you might be in the majority, or you might believe something and, and it might confirm what you believe. But at least you're getting real facts from a broad range of people and a wide variety of demographics who might not th who might think differently than you or might be in different places, what have you. So we're not gonna push you confirmation bias we're going to push you consenting views we're going to push you stuff that you might like a topic but we know that the answer you that's there is you're not going to agree with because we also want you your vote we don't want people to just keep piling on and say i believe pasta is better than pizza so we're going to push that to pasta people so that it looks 90 90 10 no we want people from different sides to contribute we want to bring people back to the middle and have a, a common a, a, a like a common ground where they can debate something and you don't have to agree but you can share your opinion and move on and if you want to debate Go into the comments and have at it. I mean, to each their own. And that's it. Oh, and now I don't, I don't. Should we talk about the changing of the opinions? If you want, change we'll the, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's a little teaser of what we're doing. So if you haven't already, go to www.createyourcast.com, sign up, and you'll be given access to the beta that is uh, that is out. Um, and then I want to add on that note. If you don't, I mean, you can also, if you listen this far, um, you can message one of us, DM us. Yeah. That honestly might be even the easiest. No, that's actually probably the easier way to do it. If you do want access to the beta and you want to be one of the first users on cast and you want to test it, you want to see what we're talking about, um, yeah, DM us or if you have our numbers, text us. But DM us your email uh, and we will add you to the beta list and we will get the app in your hands as soon as possible so we can get your feedback. The more users, the better. Yeah. And we hope that you don't agree with us because we want your opinion. We want, dis we want dissenting opinions on here. That's it. Uh, well, we're obviously going to do an, another episode fully getting into it, the details, you know, really telling the story of how we developed it, the, the journey that we've been on the last six months with it, because it is, you know, has two people that don't have any technological backgrounds. This has been a journey for us. And, oh, yeah. and same with our, our good, good pal, Dave. Uh, so we'll definitely shout out to DB, yeah, shout out DB who probably didn't listen this far. So we'll get into that in a separate episode. But again, if you made it to the end of this episode, thank you so much. I'd like to give another shout out to our sponsors for this episode, presenting sponsor, Cottage Springs. Uh, they make great vodka waters, vodka sodas. All drinks are 100 calories with zero carbs and zero grams of sugar. So pick some up at your local LCBO. And other than that, Georgie, signing off. Sign up for cast. Cheers. See ya. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain And I don't remember all of my mistakes
mistakes in every eye I got alone, no one thing You're not alright, I'm not alright